ओम ज्ञान ज्ञानंजन शलाकाया चक्षुर्मीलिम ये नस्मा श्री गुरव नम Did you sort them out into more relevant and less relevant? Because uh, sometimes the questions are just plain weird. How important is it to get spiritual education for devotees before the first initiation? And what are the consequences of for his spiritual life if the devotee avoids uh, such education or training? Avoid spiritual training, then we're not in spiritual life at all. You can get uh, books like Windows for Dummies and teach your teach yourself Bengali in thirty days. But bhakti is not a do-it-yourself project which you just learn from reading a book. Uh, I was I just spoke about the importance of reading Shri Prabhupada's books, but that doesn't mean that we don't. Take personal guidance, as I also quoted that verse: "Satang prasangan." We we have to hear and discuss in the association of devotees. So definitely, uh, guidance is needed. It's uh, it, it, it's so straightforward and clear. It's almost not worth asking the question. Sometimes I think devotees ask a question. They actually want to make a statement, but they make it as a question. They want to they want to say to someone else. You see. You have to take spiritual education. You see, Bhakti Vikas Rami said. Actually, they want to say it, but they make it as a question so that they can use me as the stick to bash someone else. But if actually, but if actually someone is avoiding spiritual education, then they need a good bashing by someone, or maybe they need some more kulabjam and prasadam. Somehow or other, bring them in. Yena teena prakarena mana krishna nisheveyat. Somehow or other, bring them into Krishna consciousness. If they're not prepared to submit to the process of Krishna consciousness and get initiated, give them prasadam. Not everyone's uh, prepared to be that serious. They should be, but if they're not, you can't force them. Yeah. Okay. How important uh, is the endeavor? To endeavor that uh, agricultural community be uh, fully self, uh, yeah, self-sufficient, uh, because there is some inclination to develop business projects and to earn money via uh, different uh, programs uh, such as carpentry or handicrafts, things like that. Yeah. yeah, or one should endeavor. To live without any commerce and uh, to live only that uh, by growing something of land. Yeah, uh, rural communities depend on the land, the cows, and Krishna. But traditionally, in all but the most uh, primitive, we can say, of communities, there is some kind of Trading with the outside world, also. Uh, for instance, uh, salt. In almost all villages in the world, don't locally produce salt. So that uh, even in traditional societies, that requires to be.
purchased. Uh, Srila Prabhupada wanted to develop a self-sufficient community in Mayapur and he promoted agriculture there. Uh, but he also promoted uh, handloom, handlooms, which are machines of looms operate, operated by hand for producing uh, saris, dhotis, gumchas, and so on. So uh, such endeavors may be there also, handicrafts, things like that. But the main economic base should be the land and the cows, Kushi Goraksha. For the Vaishyas, three uh, activities are recommended, Kushi Goraksha Vanijam, which means agriculture, cow protection, and trade. But as Srila Prabhupada pointed out, in this context, trade doesn't mean this modern, massive corporations and cheating, exploiting business. Uh, we have to be very careful, especially in new communities, not to bring in a commercial atmosphere. Because commerce in the modern world is based on uh, cheating in, in the form of this fiat money. This, this money which has got no... Uh, it's, it's not gold and silver, it's paper money, yeah. So huge businesses, uh, we don't want that. Some small local business. But the uh, the first economic consideration is to produce our own necessities locally. That we shouldn't have to buy fruit, vegetables, grains, milk and so on. Mm. Okay. Uh, during life in the agricultural community there are conflicts uh, due to the fact that devotees live together and have to associate very closely with each other. Uh, should we clarify these uh, conflicts uh, and discuss the problems or should we just tolerate and meditate on the third verse of Sri Shikshashtaka? In devotee communities there are conflicts because devotees have to live together very closely and should we try to resolve the conflict or should we try to uh, simply tolerate as per the third verse of Shikshashtaka? Well, we would think if there's close association with devotees, there should be loving exchanges rather than conflicts. <laughs> we can practice Rupa Goswami's advice. Dadati pratigrihnati guhyamakyati prichati Bhutte bhujayate chaiva shadvitha priti lakshanam uh, Offering gifts, accepting gifts, discussing, revealing our mind confidentially and uh, inquiring confidentially, offering prasad to devotees, receiving prasad from devotees. These are the six kinds of loving exchanges between devotees. So if we find there are many conflicts, well, there's the positive solution. We can try to we can try to uh, implement that. And in uh, Vaishnava communities, there should be plenty of kirtan together. So if we do plenty of kirtan together, then there won't be any time for conflicts. I want to say, Hare Krishna! <laughs> Someone comes in all angry and just, Prabhu, it's time for arati. Come on, let's have a... There's Srila Prabhupada said once, instead of uh, uh, so many meetings 
and dissolutions and revolutions with no solutions there should be more kirtan so uh, definitely when we move into a community we find that we have to deal with people much more closely than we are accustomed to because in, in modern life everyone's just closed up in their own little bubble they live in their own little house they go to work but they don't really open themselves up to other people whereas in a community you're forced to come closer to people than we're used to and when closely I mean psychically closely and all of a sudden it's not just me and my ego but it's other people's egos that I have to live with also so yeah some tolerance will have to be there it's always good to remember that I am not the center of the universe generally everyone conducts their life as if what, what they want to do is all in all everyone's completely absorbed in their own desires and their own needs but a community means there has to be a lot of interaction and give and take so it's a whole paradigm shift to use that cliche so yeah uh, we'll have to tolerate this example is given a tolerant like a tree an example is given of a tree that uh, people mistreat the tree but still the tree tolerates but living in a community it, it, it's, it may not be that others are mistreating us that they're, but there's, we, we're just so used to living in our own world that we, we're just not used to this give and take and living with others in a very intimate way there are just a few thoughts I really don't like getting into things very deeply in a very deep psychological way analyzing everyone's every little thought yeah. because there's, it's like uh, getting into someone's mind is like getting into a labyrinth and you can never get it's it's so complex Srila Prabhupada said chant Hare Krishna and be happy it sounds very simple but actually it's very profound Jai Shoko Bipod Bhakti Vinod Bolen Jokononam Gai All problems go, Bhakti Vinod says, when we chant those holy names. So yeah, do plenty of kirtan and tolerate. And that, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says, is the way to attain Krishna Prem. Harshe Prabhu Kohe Shuno Shurubram Rai Ki Rupe Nam Loyle Prem Upajai Chaitanya Mahaprabhu smiling said to Srub Dhammadan Ramananda Rai now hear from me what is the in what way should we chant the holy names in such a manner that love of Krishna arises in our heart and what's the next verse what is that method I think you all know the translation of this verse. Okay. Next. There are two questions. The first one goes as follows. Uh, all devotees um, obtain any Krishna's mercy when they hide Krishna, or when they try to hide Krishna. When they uh, hold public programs, uh, based on Bhagavad Gita uh, and see new people and see newcomers uh, at the program they start preaching about yoga, Ayurveda 
piety, etc. When they are told that our programs is just uh, kirtan lectures and prasadam, they protest. Yeah, this is another wanting to make a statement in the form of a question. Do devotees get any mercy by holding programs in which they hide Krishna? Hmm. Well, according to Bhagavad Gita, you get mercy by giving knowledge of Krishna. As Srila Prabhupada often quoted, Jare Deko Tare Koho Krishna Upadesh. Whoever you see, whoever you meet, instruct them in, in, in Krishna's instructions. This subject of indirect preaching or bridge preaching I've discussed in some detail in this book on speaking strongly in Srila Prabhupada's service. I'll just give one uh, extract from the from the uh, or one example that I gave in that discussion of indirect preaching that if we speak directly on Krishna consciousness probably not many people will come or be interested Maybe right. just, yeah. but if we speak on yoga, ayurveda, psychology so many people will come so we've got people who are interested to hear from us not about Krishna consciousness but about what we call Vedic knowledge they're coming because there's something which appeals to them for their sense gratification, maybe for bodily health or for some intellectual sense gratification. So the idea is that we bring them in, we associate with them, and then we gradually introduce them to knowledge of Krishna consciousness. So if this preaching is actually going to serve its purpose, then at some point we have to tell these people uh, that, well, you have to surrender to Krishna. So, you bring people in on some pretense, and then as you gradually bring in the philosophy more and more, less and less people will be interested, and you may eventually end up with one or two people who are actually interested in Krishna consciousness. As an alternative to that, you can just speak about Krishna consciousness from the very beginning, and you get one or two people who are interested <laughs> in Krishna consciousness. From the beginning, they're very serious to understand the higher values of life. Whereas by the indirect process, at some point you have to tell them, well, actually all those things I told you before, that's all rubbish and you should actually just surrender to Krishna. So having filled their head with all kinds of rubbish, you have to get it out of them. But in the meantime, you're still talking all this nonsense to other people, so you have to, like, uh, yes, yoga, I have a psychology. Ah, oh, no, 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 not yoga, yoga. But actually what happens in many cases, we see our devotees, they actually get into that mold of yoga or whatever it is. And they they become uh, not really fully fixed devotees. And we say, well, more people come to our centers. But then in our centers you have all these people who are interested in all kinds of weird things and you're not supposed to preach to them right in our centers. Anyway, it's all discussed in great detail in this book on speaking strongly in Srila Prabhupada's service. Hare Krishna. Uh, when devotees uh, call themselves uh, spiritual leaders uh, and they claim to have uh, lost uh, spiritual experience and they want uh, fame uh, on the part of junior devotees 
where they act uh, under the under the pretext that everything is done for Krishna, but they act in their own self-interest, uh, exploiting uh, junior devotees. Uh, can such devotees be a leader? Leaders. Yeah, it's another <laughs> statement in the form of a question. A spiritual leader means apani archery prabhuji bere shikai. One who is described about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that uh, he taught by his own example. Apanena koile dharma shikan najai. Unless one personally practices dharma, then he cannot teach others. So a leader in Krishna consciousness means uh, a, a humble follower of the previous acharyas. It's a common phenomenon in religion that someone gets a position and misuses it. Uh, the words of Karl Marx that religion is the opium of the people, they're not without substance. We don't want to uh, validate Karl Marx. Let us show something better. Hmm. Yeah. Many of these topics could of course be spoken on in great lengths, but just I'm speaking briefly. Uh, can one attain prema without following sadhana? I know one senior devotee, he's been practicing for about 30 years, but uh, he doesn't attend Mandalayati, he doesn't read books, and he uh, sleeps up to 6 or 7 a.m. Once I asked him, uh, why don't you uh, get up early and attend the morning program? And he answered that he can't uh, overcome himself, that is his weakness, but uh, he has a very great uh, <coughs> taste for uh, practical for service. He can serve days on end. That's, that's just yeah. There should be some continuation. There's not everyone, but nothing. Okay. So anyway, yeah. So the question is that can can one attain praying without following sadhana? There's one devotee who has an describing one devotee who's been serving for many years and is very interested in service but is not strong in sadhana well the general process is given there by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uh, and that we should follow basic principles of bhakti sadhana adoshadha tata sadhu sangha atha bhajana kriya so these are the first three stages. Uh, first we associate with devotees. Uh, sorry, first we have some initial faith, then we associate with devotees. Then we engage in bhajana kriya, which means the prescribed duties in devotional service. Sadhana, we can say. Adho, shadha, tato, sadhu, sangata, bhajana kriya. Then anartana, vritti, tato, nishta, ruchis, tata. Atashaktis tato bhavo tato bhavabhudanchati sadha kanangayam prena prado bhave bhavet kramaha. So there are nine stages which lead up to praying, in which the third stage is that of performing sadhana. Uh, not everyone has taste for sadhana. 
so such persons they may be encouraged to uh, perform service but uh, the result of performing service should be that one gains taste for hearing about Krishna Susu Shub Shadadhanasya Vasudeva Kataruchihi so yeah the, this uh, by by serving then one the result of that is that one should have one's taste for hearing about Vasudev should arise uh, there's also that verse um Dharmasvanushita Pungsang Vishvaksena Katasuyaha Nodpadi Adyadiratim Shrama Evahi Kevalam whatever one may do unless one awakens a taste for hearing topics of Krishna then it's all considered uh, a waste of time so um, if someone's not on the level of engaging in hearing and chanting they may be encouraged to serve serve Krishna in various ways but there's no question of development of praying unless there's a taste for hearing and chanting about Krishna. How can there be Krishna praying without the desire to hear and chant about Krishna? It's, it's contradictory. Definitely in the level of praying there's a strong desire to serve Krishna, but that's they're, they're all intertwined with hearing and chanting about Krishna. Uh, but if someone is not very eager to hear and chant about Krishna, but they like to do service, they may be encouraged at that level. But actually for those who are going to live in an ashram then they should rise early, attend Mangalati, all these practices. Mm. Okay. Next question. What is more important, Varni or Vapu? What is more important, Varni or Vapu? Well, if you've heard these words, you've probably heard them in the context of Srila Prabhupada saying that Varni is more important than Vapu. As Srila Prabhupada said that the Vapu, the form of the or the, the yeah the form of the spiritual master uh, that should be served, but uh, more important is service to the vani, the instruction of the spiritual master. So both are important, but uh, vani is stressed. The uh, we serve the person of the, or the body of the spiritual master because he gives instruction. The guru is a guru because he gives relevant instructions. Those who are bogus gurus, they emphasize service to the to the person of the guru, but they don't give instructions to the disciples. Yeah. One can understand Krishna only through Bhakti, Bhagavad Gita 18.55, that is by Krishna's mercy. But uh, one should uh, put uh, his own endeavor, uh, how to understand it properly. Or there should be one's own endeavor, Mm. how to understand it properly. Yeah, it's it's a common question that Krishna can be understood only through devotional service, so that by Krishna's mercy. So where does our, but we also have to endeavor in devotional service. 
Well, uh, really, the answer is right there in the Bhaktam, right there in the verse. Bhaktam amabijanati. By by bhakti, I can be understood. Uh, by performing devotional service, we invoke Krishna's mercy. It's a great theological debate. Majaranyai and Markatanyai. In, in the Sri Vaishnava Sampradaya is split into one of the main reasons for the split. In, well, they have different doctrinal disagreements. One of the major ones is that do we, uh, do, do we get, yeah, should we be like a cat or a monkey? That's it. Let's put it like that. The monkey baby holds on to the mother's body and the mother jumps around. So the mother monkey looks after the baby, but the baby has to make some effort also to hold on. So, uh, is it like that? Do we have to make some effort in devotional service? So that's the Markatanya and Majaranya means that they, like the, like the cat, who the kitten, simply the, the mother cat picks up the kitten and by in the mouth. The kitten doesn't make any effort. So uh, both are required. Both our own effort and ultimately we depend on the mercy of Krishna. But Krishna tells us to perform activities in his devotional service. The manifestation of Krishna's mercy is that we engage in devotional service. Srila Bhaktisthan Saraswati Thakur, he gave another uh, example that uh, of someone who has fallen in a well Someone throws down a, a, a rope and, and to save that person from the well. But the person also has to catch on to the rope. So in this way, Krishna gives mercy. We, we're completely dependent on that mercy. Without the, that mercy, we can't be pulled up from the fallen condition of material life. But we also have to hold on to the rope. We have to consciously accept that mercy. Just like in India, we often hear people say that, well, when Krishna wants me to surrender to him, then I will. In the meantime, I won't, is the, is the implication. Which is a very uh, rascal, rascalish kind of statement. It's, it's like that, well, well, you know, it, it, Krishna, it's Krishna's fault I'm not surrendered to him. But Krishna is always exhorting us to surrender to him. Especially when a devotee comes and says to him, you surrender to Krishna, he says, well, then Krishna tells me to. But Krishna is telling you through the devotee. Such a person is so insincere that even if Krishna did personally come and tell him, he'd say, hmm, I don't think you're the real Krishna, you're just an actor. Krishna always wants us to surrender to him. But we have to make some effort. Srila Prabhupada often said that if we make one step toward Krishna, Krishna will make ten steps towards us, or sometimes a hundred steps. But we have to make that one step. Okay, now? Uh, what pictures should we put, uh, or should be present on the altar? In our temple in Omsk, uh, we have uh, the deities of Shishivara Govinda, but uh, there is no picture of uh, six Goswamis on the altar. And as there is no picture on the temple al altar, and in preaching centers and Namahatas, it is also absent. Uh, is such uh, worship uh, authoritative? And can we add or subtract any pictures from the altar according to our taste? Uh, pictures on the altar. Um, 
As far as I know, Srila Prabhupada didn't say that we have to have a picture of the six Goswamis on the altar. I'd have to dig it in my archives to find out, but there was, there, um, in Vrindavan, when Srila Prabhupada was asked about this in Krishna Balaram temple, he said that's not necessary. It's become a, uh, it's become standard throughout the ISKCON world, but I, as far as I know, it wasn't introduced by Srila Prabhupada. It wasn't there when I first joined the movement. And uh, although we, there is some drawing of Rupa Goswami extant, we don't know what the others look like anyway, so it's more or less just an imagination, artist's imagination, what the others look like. There's some picture there, there's Haridash Thakur, that's supposed to be there. On the altar, yeah. I I just guess. I don't know. Yeah, I I wonder who it is. Maybe it's Ananda Mohan. We shouldn't be too eager to fill up the altar with so so many deities and so many pictures, and better to remain focused. We say Ananta Koti Vaishnava Vrinda Ki Jai. But we don't um, we don't attempt to individually worship each and every Vaishnava. Sarva Deva Mayo Guru, the Guru is the embodiment of all the demigods and all the devotees. So uh, on the appearance and disappearance days of great Vaishnavas we may uh, have a special remembrance of them. But um, just to keep our worship system Focused, we don't individually try to worship each and every devotee. Maybe that answer surprised you. <laughs> yeah, okay, maybe one more question. How to properly sing Bhajan of Hare Krishna Prabhu Jaya Radhi Jaya Radhi Radhi and another Shyama Gaurani Takishore, Rita Majori Shri Radhi from uh, the book of the Raghavan Maharaj, which is called Sri Gaudiya Gita Gucha. How should we properly sing such a bhajan? You are someone who knows, I don't know. What does properly mean? Hmm. That's actually not, a, as far as I know, that's not a Gorya song. That's from the uh, Radha Balab Sampradaya, which is a different Sampradaya. Anyway, it's praising... Srimati Radharani. There is some recording of this. If you like, you can sing that. If you wander around on the internet, you can probably find a Chutananda Swami way back in the 1970s sung this. You can also chant the Hare Krishna mantra. That's also praying to Srimati Radharani. There are many songs in praise of Srimati Radharani. You can also study Bhagavad Gita as it is. Yesterday a devotee came and told me about the pleasure he was feeling in studying these uh, leelas, intimate leelas as described in the Goswami literature. So I spoke to him one very basic and common verse of Bhagavad Gita. Maya Maya 
This divine energy of mine is very difficult to overcome, Krishna says, but one who has surrendered to me can easily cross beyond it. He was quite, he didn't know this verse at all. So that's uh, unbalanced. <laughs> First let us study Bhagavad Gita as it is. What's going on here? It's supposed to be at 7 o'clock, isn't it? That's another speculation, hitting the conch. There's no sense. The conch is to be blown. There's no there's no injunction for hitting it like this. Anyway, there are so many speculations. <laughs> okay, so we'll uh, 